welcome back to Remember, Remember That Time I Got Cancer. This is episode 31, and once again, I am bringing in a special guest for you all. Actually, there is a special guest coming in today and tomorrow. So today, Emily is coming back, and we're going to talk about how it took us like four tries to say goodbye, and it's going to be great. So let's welcome Emily. So hi, Emily. Welcome back. Hello again. Yes, and this is going to be the last time you're on my podcast because I'm almost done. I've almost actually accomplished something in my life. Yes, for the first time ever. Never <laughs> finished anything else that I ever started. Ever. Nope. Anyways. Nope. But if you're listening to this because I'm applying for a stage management job, I finish everything I start. If anyone is listening to this, I think the sarcasm was evident in that, at least from my end. You know, some people don't get sarcasm. I am often one of those people. You never know. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are talking today, Emily, about sort of the last couple of times we were together before I left forever. That's definitely overstating things. But... We're going to talk about the days leading up to my surgery and then the time that it took us three attempts to say a proper goodbye because that was hard and horrible. And it was like, well, this one doesn't have to be the last one because we can get together when you're in the States. Yeah, it wasn't really three attempts at saying goodbye. It was like two avoidances of saying goodbye and then one, oh, 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 we have to actually, oh, no. Yeah, we chose a weird venue for that, too. But we'll get to that because that's chronologically last. So Emily was working at a pub in central London and I had been doing something else. I decided I was going to I was definitely in Catford. I was at home and I decided I would meet her after work. And we were going to go to Covent Garden. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Covent Garden is this really great little shopping area in London. There is a, a covered Victorian market, which is fun to to roam around. There's usually a string quartet or an opera singer in one of the little lower courtyards. What do you call those? It doesn't matter. But it's a fun place, especially as you're getting close to the festive season. And we weren't there yet. This was definitely in the first, like, five days of November that this happened. Well, first four days. It definitely wasn't on the fifth. Anyways. <laughs> so the festive season had already begun in in England, for my for my American friends, there is no Thanksgiving to, like, hold back the, the flow of Christmas. And basically, November 1 rolls around. Well, November 5th really rolls around. And then everyone is like, great, it's Christmas, which is awesome. So I had decided to meet Emily in Central. And I knew when I was on the tube headed for her that I was like, I don't feel good. And this was at the point where, like, the infection, because of the amount of antibiotics I had been given, had basically been forced to clear up, but my kidney still couldn't function the way a kidney's meant to. So whether it was that or the fact that I was now just aware that I was growing a very large tumor, I was not feeling so hot. So I get out of the tube, and I walk to Emily's pub. It's a short walk. And I get there, and, and Emily asks how I'm doing. And I say, I feel like I have cancer. Hmm, funny that. <laughs> I don't think I'm up to this today. So uh, we went home. At the time, Emily was staying with Rachel and I in our Catford flat. But it was fun. We, Emily and I got to spend some extra time together. We got to cuddle. It was great. Much cuddling was had. So that was good. Well, not the fact that I was feeling sick, but the fact that Emily got to spend some extra time with us, which it was good to have all of that extra time sort of right before I was then forced to leave. 
So we then made a plan, and I do have to apologize, and I've already apologized once, but I was <laughs> wrong about the origin of Cry Bitch Cry. Yes, you were. I could have sworn it was when I told you, but apparently... According to Rachel, Rachel agrees that this was said on our last night together that, you, you know, you and John were already married, but you came over to our Catford apartment. Apartment. It was like a little bungalow. It was really cute. It was a converted. Um, yeah, it was multi-story. Yeah. It was a converted carriage house that was behind what used to be a shop. It was super cute. So cute. That's like my favorite little place that I've ever leased. And the landlord was nice. He was really understanding when I was like, Hey, I have cancer and we are going to have to break the lease. <laughs> he was like, I'm so sorry. And so Emily comes over and I don't remember this night. Do you have any memories of this night besides cry, bitch, cry? Not specifically. I'm sure we just like scrolled on our phones and showed each other memes and ate food and watched something. Probably Parks and Rec. I hadn't been watching Parks and Rec yet. I did not start Parks and Rec until chemo. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. But I did watch it for you. Oh, what was your current obsession then? It literally could have been anything. Charmed. Charmed. I was watching a lot of Charmed at that phase of my life. I don't know. But anyway, we might you being you, I'm sure there was, there, there was something on the television in the background. There always has to be something on the television in the background. I'm actually getting much better. I think it's because I've been recording this podcast. And you can't have something on in the background while you record a podcast? Nope. So we were just chilling. I don't think we made anything momentous of it. But then, of course, the time came to say goodbye. And we were very cognizant that this was the last time that the three of us were going to be hanging out in the same place that we all lived. Even though I was only there, like, sort of temporarily for a couple weeks. But, like... This was the end of that chapter. And of course, I started crying and you were like, oh, don't cry, don't cry, which of course, you know, is always helpful and makes someone stop crying when someone tells them to stop crying. Um, and so I said something like this to the effect, which then led to Rachel going, okay, well, reverse psychology, cry, bitch, cry. And it worked. And we started laughing and you can't simultaneously, well, well you can, and I'm pretty sure we did. <laughs> you can definitely simultaneously cry and laugh. Um, but yeah, so that's, even though the first time I was on here, I thought that that line was said to you. Um, but now that Rachel clarified that bit, um, I do sort of remember. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that was me. It was super to you. And I was, I felt really bad that, that, that you were crying because in my mind, in my backwards mind, it was like my fault. And it was, but like not. <laughs> How dare you have <laughs> and cancer I felt really and guilty. leave me with my husband in a foreign country on Is my it? own. On your own. On my own. You know, with a husband and a tight church family and all the people we loved. Yeah, so much suffering and universal health care and um, paid holidays for a part-time job. And anyway... Anyways, before we get political, because that would be tempting. I only before? do politics. I only do politics when it's healthcare related on this particular podcast. But stay tuned for my next project. <laughs> What's funny is when I try to recall this last night, we we were all together. Three, the particularly Emily, Rachel, and I were all together. What I actually remember is the last time that that Rachel and I traveled to the UK together, and we had a late game night at Emily and John's place. 
and were so drunk that we were still drunk at Weatherspoons the next morning when we were supposed <laughs> to be flying home. <laughs> oh, that was that was an adventure. I'd had a rehearsal that morning as well. So I went to the rehearsal, hung over, and actually did very well, remembered all my lines, but I think I used all of my willpower for that. And then we got to Weatherspoons afterwards and I was shattered. Anyway, yeah. that's not relevant to the story. It's kind of relevant. It was a really fun game night. And it's, you know, the the reality is, I guess, that what I can bring this around to is that I still visit England with pretty good regularity in, you know, pre-COVID times. It's now been over a year and that's pretty gross. But Rachel and I even made time to go together the once and we see our people and we play games and it's great. And then we and fly we have home adventures. mad hungover. Anyway, so we're going to move on. So then I, I flew home and Rachel stayed in the UK through Christmas. She left early and I'll have to, she's coming out tomorrow and we'll talk about when she left. But Emily and John had made plans to spend the holidays with her family in the States, which is great because at the time her parents and my parents both lived in Pennsylvania, which is about two hours from one another. So that was really convenient. And it meant that despite the fact that we knew we were saying goodbye, we were going to be seeing each other again pretty soon because they had planned a little game night, I believe, so that some of your friends could meet your new husband. Was that why we were doing that? Yeah. I mean, also, like, I wanted to see my friends. But yeah, a lot of my people that I'd grown up with had obviously never met John, who was now married to me. So it was just a nice little get together with Cards Against Humanity but a filtered version because my parents were in the room. Yeah, there was a lot of, I'm not playing this card, I'm putting this away. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I had already talked with my mom before I even left the UK that this was something I wanted to do and that I was probably going to need. I think she drove me down there. I don't think she wanted me to drive myself down there because I hadn't been driving for a year and a half. So I'm pretty sure she drove me down there and sat in the downs, right? No, you know what? She went to see my sister. I was going to say, surely she did something. I don't think no, she, she just sat in the car. If she was just going to sit in the car, my parents would have, like, invited her in and <laughs> talked to her. Because, like, our parents get along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't have just let Jackie sit in the car. But, yeah, so I went to that game night, and that was really helpful. And But I was nervous because I didn't want that to be the last time either because I didn't want any of them to be the last time. I was also going to have to be the first one out the door because nobody else had to drive two hours to get home. <laughs> yeah, you weren't able to be there for that long, which no, was disappointing, was but understandable. And this was also before my chemo started, because my chemo, while it was supposed to start basically the day after I got back to the States, the slides which had the hospital that I was going to be treated at wasn't going to treat me without looking at the slides themselves and doing their own staging and grading of the tumor. Because reasons, I don't know. They just wanted to make sure they essentially they wanted to make sure they agreed with my doctors in the UK fine. So we go through that whole process. I go to the hospital the day after I'm home and he's like, we don't have your slides and we can't start. Let's put it off a week, which was actually great because that week meant that I got to have a last like normal Christmas because otherwise I would have been very sick on Christmas. So it was nice to not be sick on Christmas and be able to like be a human. That was that. Emily, meanwhile, had made plans with her family to go to Hershey Park. They made these plans on what was going to be my first day of chemo. And I was like, but I want to go. And so we sort of agreed that if I was feeling up to it, that mom would drive me down from directly from treatment to Hershey to, to meet them at the park. 
And I like wasn't thinking. And I think part of me wanted to do this so badly. And it also meant that because I had planned to do that, the game night didn't have to be the goodbye. And even if it did, we couldn't really make that fuss about it because it was like, oh, but we're seeing each other one more time. Yeah. So it was it was a defensive mechanism. But then I wasn't thinking on my first day of chemo that I wanted to do this because I, on day one of chemo, I was like, I am valuing comfort over literally everything else. I went to my first day of chemo in like leggings and Ugg boots and a giant oversized Messiah alumni hoodie and no bra. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing that I was planning, if I was still feeling up to it, that I was going to go down to Hershey and see Emily and John and and like do some stuff and say goodbye. (laughs) And then we get to the end of chemo and I'm like, you know, this was a long day and I'm tired, but I think I'm all right. So I was like, all right, let's go down. And I was like, we're going to have to stop at Target because I don't have a bra on or real pants or a shirt underneath this hoodie. <laughs> I did not know this part of the story. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was really stupid. I wasn't stupid. I was just overwhelmed. So at any rate, we go to Target. I buy a pair of jeans. I buy a bra and realize only later because I was looking for a bra that was very comfortable. I didn't want underwires. I wanted wider, wider straps. I, cause I like felt crummy and my port, which again, visual or audio medium. I'm like showing Emily my scar, which she has seen many times. So (laughs) I won't argue about the private show. Gross. Um, um, what was I talking (laughs) about? Oh, so I buy this bra with the wide straps and no underwire. And it's sort of weird. And I'm investigating it. I'm investigating it later. And you know what? No, I think at this time, dad really likes doing laundry. And so dad was doing my laundry. And he must have said something to mom. And mom was like, why did you buy a maternity bra? (laughs) It's the kind that like unhooks and flops down. And I wore it for a long time. <laughs> I mean, if it works, it works. It was very comfy. I have I have a shirt that's a maternity top, but it's just like cute and flowy. And I got it when I was like 16 and it still fits because maternity top. <laughs> yeah. I had a dress that it was that was that was maternity. Again, it was just super cute. Anyway. Yeah. If it works, it works. <laughs> So so I go down and I meet Emily at Hershey. At this point, my mom did just stay in the car. She was like working from her laptop. And the agreement was that I would not ride anything that was like going to jostle me around a lot. Which meant that I rode like two things. Not that we were just doing a lot of walking around and eating snacks. Yeah, you rode the carousel. Did you ride anything else? The carousel and I rode the Reese's spin, though I probably shouldn't have. I mean, there it, the Reese's cup is just you sit there and you go pew, pew, pew. It like does some guns. stuff and it like puts you at some weird angles. Yeah, I suppose. I really w- wish that we had ridden Laugh Track because Laugh Track is amazing. Did you ride Laugh Track that time? Because I left early again. Yes. Laugh Track is Wait, so that's good. like the intense one that's like inside, right? Yeah. It Yes, it's very good. My mom went on that. She should not have gone on that. She got very sick. Um, so I'm realizing that I don't, I don't remember saying goodbye in England. I don't remember saying goodbye at the game night. And I don't remember saying goodbye at Hershey. I think I just blocked out saying goodbye to you. Yeah. I mean, I think 
the first couple times because we knew that it wasn't the last time it wasn't the last time there was another time it was coming up uh the first couple times we kind of just did the whole like haha yeah see you later bye kind of thing um to not actually deal with our feelings and our problems because that's what we do but yeah i don't specifically remember hershey either other than this feeling of this is a very public place and I don't want to cry at Hershey Park, so I'm not going to let myself feel the feelings that I feel. So I'm just going to pretend everything is alright. I'm going to hug Erica for a very long time. I'm going to let her go, and I'm going to tell her I love her, and then I'm just going to be like, okay, bye! That all sounds pretty accurate. I'm pretty yeah. sure I cried in the car afterwards, but I was also trying to, like, extricate myself reasonably reasonably quickly because, like, Emily was with her family and having a good time, and I yeah, was leaving forever. a couple of my friends were there as well, so it was, like, my parents, my sister, and I think three friends from high school? Or maybe they didn't get there till after you had left. Yeah, I don't remember there being other people. Okay. So, yeah, I think we, my family was there for a while. Yeah, that sounds right, that you were there, and then you left, and then the rest came. Yeah. That's the story of how Emily and I said goodbye. And how Emily doesn't deal with emotions in a healthy way. Nope. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in today. And um, thanks also to Julius H. for this song, Beltane, which I found on Pixabay. Now, before I go, don't forget, support single-payer healthcare, go get your damn vaccines, COVID-19 is real. And thanks to the NHS for supporting my continued existence. See you tomorrow.